Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee and Chit Chat with Kim. It is December 21st, 2022, so I would like to give you blessings on this winter solstice and to all of my listeners who celebrate Yule out there, blessings on this Yule today. Um, We are going to get into today about just that Yule. What is that? Who celebrates it? Where does it come from? What does it have to do with this time of year? All that good stuff. Um, So it's mainly going to be about um, uh, the history of Yule today and what culture it comes from and how do we celebrate it and how do we celebrate it today? Has it changed since way back when and, you know, all that stuff. But before we get into that today, I wanted to take this moment on this winter solstice and do an oracle card poll for us today and see what that says um, and kind of just go over what this very special day is. So today is the winter solstice. So um, what does that mean? Well, first of all, I wanted to, before we did anything, just um, give a little winter solstice prayer and I wanted, I found this online and I love it. And the author is unknown and I wanted to read it to you. So this is for all of my listeners out there today. This is a blessing for all of you if you wish to accept it. It's called the Winter Solstice Prayer. The child of promise, the sun, is reborn, bringing hope to the darkness of the forlorn. Death has been and left its mark with winter's bleakness cold and stark. The tides of darkness turn. We know the days will grow long now. The holly and mistletoe adorn the fir tree, symbolizing life, friendship, and festivity. Gifts strengthen the bonds of love as the sun starts to grow in the sky above. We look towards the promise of spring and make our plans for a new year to bring. With joy in our hearts, as the old year departs. So blessings on this winter solstice, everybody. So let's get into our Oracle card pull. And then we're going to talk about some things that happened this week to me, which were um, a little terrifying and kind of like a public service announcement um, that we're going to talk about. But first, let's do the card pull. So if you guys don't know or you haven't listened to me before, sometimes I share an Oracle card pull with you guys. So what's that? That is um, an oracle deck, much like a tarot deck, uh, but not as specific, right? So oracle is kind of more generalized, and um, that's what I like because I like to interpret things that make sense to me, and the oracle card allows you to do that. So I have a ritual when I pull an oracle card, and what I do is you might hear just a few minutes of silence here. Don't worry, your earphones didn't break. Um... There's nothing wrong with your volume. I'm just being quiet for a minute, okay? So what we do is we take the Oracle deck. And before we do anything, we're going to cleanse the energy. And how do I do that? I pass it through my incense. So we're going to do that now. All right. And then after I pass it through my incense, I place the deck in my hand with my hand over the deck, holding it within my hands. And I'm just going to 
close my eyes, concentrate, focus, and just set my intention and connect with the deck. All right. If you can feel the energy passing from your hand into the deck and then from the deck into your hands, you can actually feel it. If you concentrate on it hard enough, my fingers start to tingle. All right. So after we do that, what we're going to do now is just kind of shuffle the deck. And while you're shuffling the deck, I want you to pay attention to any cards that flip over, fly out, go sideways, get stuck, kind of keep you know, giving you a hassle, more than likely that's your card. If you don't find anything like that while you're shuffling the deck, I want you to keep shuffling until you feel in your soul that it's time to stop and then get that first card. All right, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to shuffle. Right, and I had a card flip over on me. So let's see what this card is. Courage. Now I want to tell you guys, I'm sorry, I didn't let you know. I am using the Hedge Witch Botanical Oracle. So all of my cards are plant related. And the plant associated with this card is Borage which I do have actually growing out in my garden. So the Oracle property on this card is courage. So we're going to go ahead now and consult our field guide. We're going to turn to that. I think it goes by plant. Yes. We're going to turn to that plant and I'm going to read to you verbatim what the guide says. Okay. So here we go. Borage is a common annual herb from the family. Um, I can't say the word. Boriginaceae, sure. Often called star flower because of the blossoms, which have five pointed petals. The flowers are usually blue, though pink and white varieties also exist. It spreads prolifically and has a long flowering season. In temperate climates, you can find borage blossoms June through September. In some milder climates, borage will bloom all year. Borage has a long culinary and medicinal history and is used as an oil seed, fresh vegetable, dried herb, and garnish. Borage leaf has a pleasant cucumber-like taste and is used in salads, soups, and pickles. However, borage leaves contain alkaloids that are believed to damage the liver, so do your research before consuming them. The sweet flower is edible and delicious, is most often used as a garnish for desserts and cocktails, and was the original gar garnish for the Pimm's Cup cocktail. Borage flower is one of the botanicals frequently used in the making of gin. It can also be candied or added to jellies. The light cucumber flavor of borage makes it a perfect garnish for fish dishes, especially salmon. Borage simple syrup is easy to make, and it's a wonderful addition to cocktails, soda water, and juices. To make a borage simple syrup, combine one cup of water with one cup of sugar. Stir in the mixture over low heat until the sugar is dissolved. Add one cup of washed borage leaves and blossoms. Cook the syrup gently for 15 minutes and then take off the heat. Cover steep for an hour. Strain the syrup through a fine sieve, bottle, and refrigerate. 
and try the syrup over ice and soda or in a simple cocktail of two parts gin to one part syrup shaken with ice lemon of course in a classic hymns cup so that's that now we're going to get to the oracle property okay courage courage is the oracle property that corresponds most strongly to the borage plant it is legendary for its spirit lifting and courage inducing properties Celtic warriors drank wine flavored with borage to give them courage in battle, and borage leaves and flowers were eaten by Roman soldiers before they went off to fight. Medieval knights wore scarves embroidered with borage floral patterns for the same reason. For a courage charm, tuck a borage blossom in your pocket before any stressful situation, or drink a tea or glass of wine flavored with borage leaves. Drinking borage tea is said to increase psychic powers and relieve symptoms of depression. Many of the most noted herbalists throughout history have considered it a very effective antidepressant for the feeling of elation it induces. Place the fresh blossoms on an altar to bring luck and power to your spells. Sprinkle crushed leaves around the workplace for inspiration and business expansion. Because of its connections to Jupiter, this herb is associated with the Hierophant in the tarot deck. Um, well, okay. So, I guess, yeah, I guess this makes sense. Okay, so story time. So, what's been going on this week? Well, let me tell you. I recently went back just for the holidays to... Um, to help um, at the groom salon that I used to work with, with the dogs and stuff. So I'm over there just a couple of days a week, you know, making some Christmas cash or whatever. Um, so that's been going on. Um, I have been diving back into the world of employment slowly. Um, I have a couple of things lined up, so hopefully um, things go good. I got a response back from the um local historical society which was awesome um for a collection curator which i'm very excited about talking with them i i am that is so cool um but something happened yesterday and it really made me start thinking so i was getting up to go to the grooming salon to do a day's work and I needed gas in my truck. Now, yesterday was really cold, okay? So I said, I don't want to get out of my truck. I don't want to stand there in the freezing cold and, and pump the gas. I was being spoiled and I was being lazy. Um, so there is a small little village gas station on my way to work and I, they have full service. And, you know, I always give the guy a tip if he pumps my gas for me. So I said, well, I'll go there. So I drove into there and the first set of pumps that you come to is self-serve. The second set is full serve. Um, there was a car parked at the full serve pump, not getting any gas, but the car was running and there was no space to get around the car. Um, so I parked it at self-serve and went inside and I asked the gentleman who was standing there talking to the person behind the counter if they were getting gas and they said no and I asked them if they could please move their car because I wanted to go to full serve but now I can't so I'm going to pump my gas but if you can please move your car because I have to get out and I can't get around you he kind of just asked me to death 
um, with the most incredible smell of alcohol coming from him. It just was, it was crazy. So um, I went outside, I pumped my gas. He still has not come outside to move his vehicle. I finished pumping my gas. I go back inside and I ask him again, can you please move your car? He yeses me, he's coming right now. I turn around, I leave, go back to my car. And as I'm walking back to my truck, you guys ever just feel a presence? Like you know somebody's like right behind you? That's how I felt. And I turned around and he was literally right behind me. Right behind me so much in fact that he had me pinned up against my truck door. And he was yelling profanities in my face. Um, and kind of like spitting on me and, and just threatening me. And I first was shocked. I didn't know what was going on. And then I said, you really need to get away from me. Like right now you need to get away. And as I look up, the clerk is now outside on the phone with the police. Um, and so the man starts to walk back to his car and then I'm trying to get into my truck. He turns around and he throws a bottle at me. And at that point, the clerk said the police were coming. So I had to stay there and wait for the police to get there. And they took my name and report and, you know, ran my license and all the stuff that they do and asked me if I wanted to press charges. And I said, no, I just wanted to leave and go to work. Like he obviously has a lot of issues. Um, they did wind up taking him away because he was intoxicated and driving a vehicle. I gave my statement, was told where I can get a copy if I needed one. And I went off to work like like it was nothing, like nothing just happened. Halfway to work, I had to pull over because I started shaking uncontrollably. It kind of just hit me. I think my adrenaline rush kind of wore off and realized that that situation could have gone a lot worse. That situation could have unalived me. That situation could have hurt me really bad. And it made me start to think, you know, like, I'm afraid of some things, you know, I'm afraid of the dark sometimes, like a little kid, you know, like if it's a dark basement, I don't want to go down there. It's spooky. Like who does, you know, you know, scary movies freak me out sometimes, you know, but I never really realized that my greatest fear is a man because he could kill me very easily. And I would never know it was coming. So I decided to um, look into getting myself a little bit of protection. Um, just in the form of, you know, like deterrent spray or um, something like that. And just making sure I'm carrying that. And I've also looked into, um, you know, different accessories that you could wear that have like little spikes on it. Where if you needed to hit somebody in the face and get away, you know, it would hurt. Um you know, stuff like that. And then I sit here and I realize and I catch myself like looking at this stuff and I'm like, my goodness, what an insane world we live in, right? Where as a, as a female, I have to think about when I leave my house and I stop for gas, am I really just stopping for gas or am I going to possibly get killed at the gas station? And I realize that everybody has worries, you know, everybody's worried about their safety. Everybody has to be careful, but women, female presenting people, 
Listen to me. Protect yourself. Protect yourself because you never know, you know, and you see all these videos all the time of like, I hate to say a target, but target, you're a big hotspot for traffickers and, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, I look at all the stuff and I'm like, why are we living like this? Why do we think like this? Because our society is so messed up, you know, and it's just, it's scary. So ladies, while you're out there, please be aware of your surroundings um, and stay safe. All right. So that was my um, exciting week and I'm off today and I'm kind of just relaxing because um, I, th- I think I'm completely exhausted between yesterday and with just a lot of, you know, things going on lately and um, it's just, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> so today I decided to jump on here on this winter solstice and ground myself and just bring the good energy forward and share a little bit of history with you guys. You know, something fun, something new to talk about. No farming today. It's too cold outside for that stuff. (laughs) So we're going to talk about Yule. We're going to talk about the culture behind it. And we're going to talk about that as soon as you listen to this ad and come right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. So let's see. Let's get into um, winter solstice. Okay, so some people have no clue what I'm talking about, and that's okay because we're here to learn, right? So today is the winter solstice. So what happens during the winter solstice? So according to NASA, okay, at the solstice, the sun's path across the sky appears farthest north or farthest south, right? Depending on which half of the planet you're on in the northern or the southern hemisphere. So today's winter solstice marks the shortest day and the longest night for the northern hemisphere, while the opposite is happening south of the equator right now. Um, so winter solstice is also called the hibernal solstice. Um, yeah, okay, say that five times fast hibernal solstice (laughs) the two moments during the year when the path of the sun is in the sky for the south in the northern hemisphere and the furthest north in the southern hemisphere right um so the the winter solstice is especially notable from a planetary level as it signals the official beginning of winter it's the coldest season in the northern hemisphere And during the winter solstice, the sun appears to stand still at the southernmost point of the equator, which is also known as the Tropic of Capricorn, right? So why do pagans celebrate the winter solstice? Well, today, many pagans still celebrate Yule on the day of the solstice. Pagans celebrate the rebirth of the sun through gift exchange, merriment, you know, deep spiritual reflection. Um, For pagans, this is a time of new beginnings rebirth, transformation, uh, getting rid of unwanted habits, and creativity. So, sound familiar? 
Um, we're going to talk about all of this and why it sounds so familiar to many of us and um, what it's the culture. What What is Yule? Where does it come from? So Yule is um, um, from the origins are the Germanic roots. It has Germanic origins. Um, Yule is a Norse name. And basically it's when the community would gather in the common hall or the temple, right? And they would light the hearth fire to stay warm and they would toast the gods and have a great feast, right? So they would invoke the gods through a sacrifice of livestock, especially sacred horses. They were killed, right? And their blood was gathered and sprinkled onto the walls of the temple or the hall and the idol that they were um, representing the god that they were invoking. Um, and then all of the men that were attending, right? And then all of the meat was then consumed, ending that sacrifice and invoking the god. Another animal um, that was sacrificed was the boar. And it was, it was led before to the king. And while doing so, while they were bringing it up to the king, all the people would kind of just lay their hands upon it and take pledging um, vows, you know, and because of the sacred ritual of this, it meant that they had to uphold their vows. So if you guys are thinking New Year's resolution, you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. That's where we get our custom, our tradition of a New Year's resolution. Um, you can thank that boar. <laughs> the boar is also associated with the god Frey. And after sacrificing the boar, um, it was eaten, um, you know, and then they would, they would invoke that God. So this is, if you are a Norse pagan, um, this is, this is you guys, right? I am, I'm not a Norse pagan. I am a, an Irish pagan, but I have great respect for, um, all of my Nordic brothers and sisters. And I think their culture and their beliefs are beautiful. Um, very, very similar to Irish pagan beliefs. Um, and I respect them. So with saying that, I have to say, this is research that I've done from the almighty internet. And, um, you know, just a generalized background of what Yule is. Um, but I don't, I'm not a practicing, like I said, Norse pagan. So I, this is not my custom. This is not my religion. This is just something that is happening today. Right. And I said, Hey, let's tell people about it. And I researched it and I'm here presenting to you what I researched. Um, and to all my Norse pagans out there, I love you guys, brothers and sisters. Um, beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful culture. Um, so let's see what I found out. So it says in the darkness of winter, as the days grow shorter, so did the barriers between the worlds. It was believed that spirits were bound at this time and they had the great hunt or the wild hunt of ghostly riders that took place at this time. And it was believed that the leader of the wild hunt was Odin. Odin had many roles and one of um, and one of them was the God of the dead. So now fast forward and we have this character, right? That we know as Santa Claus, who is in fact 
based off of a real person, um, St. Nicholas, who was known for giving gifts to poor children. And it's also believed he is based on the All-Father as well, Odin, right? So Santa Claus is kind of a mix uh, between these two significant beings, you know, um, Odin, the All-Father, and then St. Nicholas. So it was kind of like two worlds combined and they made somebody new, right? Typical. Um, The day of gift giving was originally December 6th, but it was moved to what we know now as Christmas after the Protestant Revolution. So from St. Nick, he became Santa Claus because of the Protestants um, refusing to honor saints. So he was no longer referred to as St. Nick. He was now Santa Claus. So according to the um, Tuttons, Odin was named the Yule One or Master of Yule. Odin rewarded those worthy and those who had honored the sacrifice. So you can see where they kind of took that idea and took the St. Nick idea and merged it together and made Santa Claus because that's exactly what they did. So they took, you know, two two completely different cultures, religions, beliefs, and made it into what they wanted, right? So um, from what I read, it says the All-Father passed through the nine worlds on his eight-legged horse. So while we can say Santa Claus comes from St. Nick, it was already established that the winter gift bringer was Odin. So before St. Nick, before Santa Claus, before the, the idea of anything like that, there was already a winter gift bringer. He didn't have like, you know, he wasn't called Santa Claus. It was Odin. And he was bringing gifts um, and rewarding those who had, who are worthy. So that's, you know, I mean, if, if we don't see the connection here, I don't know what to tell you. All right. And then, so, and the culture was long before, you know, the Anglo-Saxons made it up. Right. So another essential Yule figure is the house spirit, um, most prominent in the north. There is no exact translation in English. Um, it is a deep part of the Nordic culture, often translated as like a Christmas elf, but not quite. So um, in in Celtic beliefs, uh, we refer to these as the Fae, right? Or um um, spirits, you know, um, what else, what else? So they kind of, I think that's where, you know, the the United States got the idea of Christmas elves from the kind of, it's, it's not an exact translation, but it's not really documented that, yeah, those were what we call elves. We have no idea, but I think that's where they got the idea from. That's what they're saying. Um, so Christmas elves were actually invented in the U.S., right, without any evidence of any kind of a folkloric past or anything. Um, these house spirits, according to no- Nordic culture, these house spirits only come out during Yuletide, and they required an offering of porridge or would show the home- homeowner how displeased it was um, yeah, 
kind of like fairies. So to me, what I believe is that you don't tempt the fae, right? Because they're mischievous creatures. Um, you don't invite them in. You don't play their games because it's not what you think. Um, they're tricking you. And so in order to keep the peace, you know, just give them what they want and don't mess with them. Kind of the same idea, right? Um, so it was that these creatures were land spirits. And so thought, well, it was thought that they were land spirits and so connected to death, which means that they were also connected to Odin, right? Because he was the god of death, right? So they kind of took that idea and saw the relation to Odin and then ran with it and made them Christmas elves. So there you go. Um, another thing was the Yule goat um, was the bringer of gifts long before St. Nick, right? So sometimes men would dress as the Yule goat. And one theory is that the Yule goat represented Thor, right? Because of his goat drawn chariot, which I thought was quite interesting. I didn't. Know. Um, and it also said that it represents harvest and good fortune. So more than just gift giving, it, it meant more, right? It, it meant the harvest and good fortune because it was, I think, made of straw, the representations. So of course, straw and hay we know is all the dead grass and stuff. So yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? So the Yule log, let's talk about that. Because if you know anything about Yule today, you can see it's the Yule log. That's what we most are drawn to when we talk about anything in Yule. You know, you can go on YouTube and type in Yule log and, you know, all those fireplace things pop up with the Christmas music and all that stuff. So, so the word is out there, but... Do we know what it is? So the Yule log was chosen to be burned during the celebration. It's burned for several days. So it would ward off evil spirits. So there are 12 days of Yule. So it goes from today up until I think January 2nd. January 2nd or 6th. I don't know. Whatever 12 days is from now. Um, and so it would be burned within those days to keep the evil spirits away. Right? That's what it said. It is assumed that the Yule log... Um, origins come from the Anglo-Saxons. It was thought that the Christmas tree came from the tradition of the Yule log, but maybe not. So, so we see the Christmas tree being introduced in Germany around the 18th century, while it is unknown the exact origin, right? So we're really not quite sure. The Yule log, I don't think we got the Christmas tree from the Yule log. Two separate things. So Trees have always played a very important role to the Nordic people. The world tree was thought to hold the nine worlds within its branches, right? So trees were sacred because they were a representation of the great ash. So with that being said, trees were always in the center of like courtyards or sacred spaces. So compared to the Christmas tree, right, being the center of the holiday, think that's kind of where the idea of the Christmas tree comes from more so than the Yule log. I think it comes from um, the world tree. So because it's sacred, it's the focal point, right? It's the center of, you know, Rockefeller Center, the big tree, everybody has a Christmas tree. So I think that's kind of what it represents. 
So Christmas, right, is a Christian holiday, no doubt, but Yule still thrives. So on a dark winter's night, look out into the frozen and just see the old gods and spirits dancing around the trees, you know? That is that is what I found. Just a quick, like I said, generalized representation of the culture and history of Yule. What the word means, where it comes from, what do we celebrate? It, it has been twisted and changed and tossed and turned over the years and through the centuries. And um, But I think the same general idea still applies, right? It's time of reflection. It's a time of rest. It's a time of renewal. Um, for us, what we do is uh, we do bring a, a Yule log in and we dress it with um, pine cones, pine needles, oranges, cinnamon sticks, things like that. And uh, we burn it on the night of Yule. This year, we were unable to bring a Yule log in and get it ready. And it's so incredibly cold outside that I'm not going outside to burn a fire tonight. So what we're going to do is we are going to bring in small things, small sticks. I have cinnamon sticks. I have clove. I have star anise. I'm going to bring in some pine cones, some holly, and we're going to place them around. I have a small wooden tree. Um, so we're going to place them around that. And I have two candles in candle holders, two taper candles that we're going to light to represent the fire that represents the sun. Right, so that's what we're we're celebrating here, the return of the sun. We're looking forward to it being warm again, to the days being bright again, right? And and a new year. So with this, I wanted to wish everybody a blessed solstice today and a happy merry Yule. And just happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. I hope you celebrate it well around loved ones and family and friends. I hope it stays safe for you and it brings you lots of peace and joy. And remember this winter to allow yourself to take the break that you need. Allow yourself the rest that your mind and your soul need. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Got to renew ourselves for the new year. And with that, I say, thank you for listening this year. I look forward to speaking to you next year. And until then, please remember, be kind.